So every morning I had to take apart the rifle and to clean it and to make it dry. So I, now the rifle is my whole life. It changed. That was the voice of Faye Shulman speaking about her life as a Jewish partisan and guerrilla fighter against the Nazis during the Second World War. And it comes from a documentary called War Story that aired in Canada in 2013. In 1942, the Nazis rounded up the Jews in her Polish town where she lived. They murdered most of Shulman's family, her parents, aunts and uncles, two brothers and two sisters. But she was spared because she was a photographer and had worked in her brother's photo studio. She later escaped and lived in the forests with a band of non-Jewish Russian fighters. Faye Shulman may have been the only woman Jewish photographer partisan in the Holocaust. Shulman died at the end of April in Toronto at the age of 101. This week, her children are marking the traditional 30-day anniversary of her death called Shloshim. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, May 27, 2021. After liberation, Faye Shulman and her husband Morris moved to Canada. Later, she became a popular speaker about her experiences during the Holocaust. Coming up, the CJN's own Ron Sillag, who knew her, and author Judy Battalion, who wrote about Shulman in her new book, The Light of Days. But first, a look at what's making news in Canada right now. Vancouver's Beth Israel Synagogue is honoring Dr. Bonnie Henry. She's BC's Chief Provincial Health Officer, and she's won an award for her outstanding service during the COVID crisis. Henry is receiving the Keter Habriyut Trophy. That means Crown of Health. It'll be given at an online gala on Sunday. So far, 300 families have signed up to attend, and some of the funds raised will go to the BC Centers for Disease Control. And speaking of COVID, there's an update to the story I brought you Wednesday about the Ottawa doctor Neely Kaplan-Murth and her struggles to get COVID vaccines for her patients. She still won't be able to help vaccinate her teenage patients. They're only permitted to take Pfizer, but she has been told the Ontario government will be delivering Moderna very shortly. The Nazis took the pictures and they gave me the film to develop. And I recognized those is when they killed the people when they liquidated the ghetto and they killed the people in our town. My family is here, my mother, my father, my sister with two children, my other sister with her husband and two brothers. Joining me now is CJN reporter Ron Sillag. He wrote the obituary for Shulman. When you wrote the obituary, what did you learn about Faye that you didn't know before? First of all, she struck me as one of the toughest people I ever sort of met. I met her once or twice um, in my travels through the Jewish community and when I came across survivors. And I always remember her because she wore all these medals on her chest and they were vaguely Soviet. And now I understand why they were. Uh, she adapted to any situation. Remember when she uh, became a partisan, she joined a bunch of men who regarded her and said, now you're a nurse. And she learned on-the-job training, basic, basic nursing, including amputating limbs including uh, working on her own issues and finding a way, which amazes me as a former darkroom technician myself, finding a way to develop both negatives and pictures out in the field somewhere. And she did that by going back home, retrieving all her chemicals, burying them when she could, uh, taking pictures. She didn't have an enlarger, obviously, so she used something called sun prints, 
which are notoriously difficult to do. It's when you hold the negative up to a piece of paper and then you expose the paper into the sun for about 10 seconds and hope for the best. And she made really good prints under a blanket out in the forests of Poland and documented a side of partisanship that really we don't know about, uh, which was one of great camaraderie, as I said in the obit, and a sense of purpose. Um, and she got along with uh, non-Jewish Russian men who were openly anti-Semitic. She lived with them for two years and she took part in all kinds of the guerrilla activities, including, you know, the usual stuff like blowing up trains and making life miserable for the enemy. And an altogether remarkable woman who was maybe five feet tall, and you would never ascribe anything like this to her. When you spoke to her family, were they aware of just the kind of contribution that she did for winning the Second World War? Well, sure they were. I mean, they knew her story well. It has been very, very well documented. Remember, Faye wrote a book, uh, a memoir uh, in 19, I believe in the mid-90s. And so her whole family had read it. But what struck me was not so much that they knew about her wartime exploits, which you know are enough, but they are now finding, according to her grandson, a treasure trove of pictures that very few people have seen. And they depict uh, life before the war in her hometown of what's called Lenin, not named for Lenin, but for somebody else. And they show a completely different side of Jewish life than you know, we associate with uh, uh, towns in Poland and, and in that area at that time, which is Jews lived very carefree lives, at least they did. So there are shots of them, you know, out for a stroll, relaxing on the beach, having fun. Um, and, you know, little did they know what was in store for them. And so they're finding a lot, a lot more pictures than they even they knew existed. And what's the plan for her unreleased material? I don't think I got that far with the grandson. He, he was um, kind of veered off at one point and said that um, there was another side to Faye that people didn't know about, which was uh, she presented as very tough, but she cried herself to sleep every night. And she did that until quite late in her life when she came out of her shell a bit and remembered some you know old Polish and Russian folk songs. Uh, toughness, I suppose, ends at some point. They, they didn't tell me about the plans. Right now, they're just busy trying to catalog all this stuff. The grandson told me there are hundreds of pictures. And so they have to go through this and figure out what to do with them. I hope they have plans for something. But in the meantime, I'm wondering how it is that Hollywood hasn't found this story so unbelievable as to make a movie out of it. A young girl, her family is slaughtered. She runs off into the woods, becomes... Who knows, I, I, maybe a nurse, okay. And then this wonderful photographer, surreptitiously taking pictures, developing them, fighting, blowing up trains, handling a rifle. And it's just an amazing story. And um, one I wish I had more room to tell. Although Shulman's story hasn't been picked up by Hollywood, the women in Judy Battalion's new book, The Light of Days, will be. Battalion is originally from Montreal, the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors, and she's already in talks with Steven Spielberg to make a film about the women in her book, The Ghetto Couriers, The Kashariot, and Partisans. Battalion says there's a reason that, until now, the stories of these young Jewish women fighters had remained untold. First of all, many of the women didn't survive. But for those who did, 
they they tried to tell their stories and they were not believed or they were not listened to. And as soon as that happened, they retreated and they repressed them. Um, it was too difficult. Um, many women were accused of having fled to fight instead of taking care of their families. And they felt guilty about this. And there was kind of a underlying assumption that I heard about time and time again, this idea that the, the pure souls perished in the Holocaust, but people who, who survived, they did something. They were collaborators or they had slept or something. And, and they were very conscious of that. And, and, very, and this was very upsetting to them. Battalion thinks many people will identify today with the courage that Faye Shulman and her compatriots showed in the face of impossible danger. You know, these are stories of young activists, which is what we're seeing so much of today. And young activists who are taking strong stands and who are fed up and who are furious with injustice. And this is exactly what the, what this story of these women are. These are women who were, I mean, they had nothing. They had nothing. They were starving. That didn't matter. What mattered to them was the fight for justice, the fight for freedom, the fight for what was right. They're daring, their courage is meaningful even to us today. Judy Battalion speaks Thursday at Congregation Dorche Emet in Montreal. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. I'm Ellen Besner, and you can reach me at ebesner at thecjn.ca. If you like our podcast, share it with your friends and subscribe on Apple or Spotify, or you can just listen through the cjn.ca website. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We'll end the episode with more from my interview with Judy Battalion about why she wrote the book. I think I've felt, you know, in certain people like Frumka, I'm, I, she, she never had a granddaughter. Look, it makes me like, I, I get emotional just talking about it because I, I feel a great duty to tell her story. She was a leader of the Jewish people in the war and we've completely forgot. They used to call her Dimame.